This is Urasawa Boys, a podcast where you read and discuss the works of uh, manga artist and author Naoki Urasawa. Uh, right now, we're reading Monster, and Monster deals with a lot of dark and troubling topics and themes, so a list of content warnings is going to be available in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We talk about Urasawa, and you know something, we uh, we have a real good time doing it. Um, it's been a bit. When did we last record? Uh, it was when you did Diablo Day with KFC, <laughs> getting your double down. Was, that was stolen. It was the Diablo double down KFC sandwich stealing day. Um, what a day that was for me. Uh, played a bit of Diablo four since, and uh, decided I didn't like it much. Oh, I downloaded the beta to play last week, but then slept most of that Sunday. I, it's fine. It's not as, I think that for uh, Diablo purists, they're going to like Diablo 4 better, but I am a Diablo 3 guy, and you can judge me for that. What about you, Matt? What have you been up to? Uh, Well, since the last time we recorded, you and I saw each other. Um, yeah, we hung out, hung out a bit. Beautiful Carborough, North Carolina. We went and saw a show and had some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheek Face, America's favorite local band. Um, other than that, not too much going on here. I mean, I've been on the road for work a lot, so that's been that's been keeping me yeah. busy. But I am in Chattanooga for at least the next few weeks. Um, so that'll oh, be cool. good weather. Starting to get nice. We went to a soccer game last night. It so is. That was a wow, lot of fun. is it ever getting nice? Yeah, I think it's gonna be a nice summer. So I am, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah. You know, I gave my apartment a deep clean um, last week. And it is looking nice. Yeah, it's been, it's been good. Lots of, lots of stuff going on. Quinn, before we started recording, you said you had a beverage story to tell? I do have a beverage story. <laughs> so, so I really like acid. I love acidic flavors. Um, my favorite flavors are like savory and acidic. So... I'm at the deli last night. I'm getting some food, getting some snack. And I see in the drink cooler, I see some apple cider vinegar. Uh, and I'm like, oh, cool, like a vinegar drink. Like that, like the Bragg's, like drinking vinegar, you know, where they've like diluted it a bit. Um, uh, and I was like, oh, cool, I haven't seen this brand. You know, it was in it was in like a little bottle, like a little drink-sized bottle. And so I pick it up and I bring it back home and I drink it. And I'm like, wow, finally, a drinking vinegar that tastes like vinegar. Um, and I drink some more. And then I think about it real hard. And I look at the acid content. Matt, this was not drinking vinegar. That was going to be my guess. <laughs> this, this was just vinegar. You were just drinking vinegar? And I didn't have that bad of a time doing it. <laughs> I put it back in the fridge, and then this morning, I got it back out, had a little bit more. That is, I'm glad you liked that, but that is just (laughs) revolting to me. Like, imagining that, I'm like, oh. Well, I wouldn't drink white vinegar, Matt. It's apple cider vinegar. It's got flavor. 
And I know that some people drink apple cider vinegar for like health stuff, but that that they do. But also, <laughs> it's very also funny. like it's funny to drink it for. Here's the bottle, by the way. Okay, that uh, okay. No, that's a fair mistake. I okay. Yeah, See, right. Looking it is at that, you would think that's drinkable. Bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's a beverage bottle. Yes, it's in a beverage bottle. Uh, and also, like you can see, I didn't drink very much of it. No, just a, a little sip. It's so it's so acidic that I could take like a a, a a sip like every five minutes, like I had to. It, it's on cool down, um, but it's so good. I kept having to go back for more. Anyway, you're not supposed to drink it. He says as he drinks it. <laughs> it's so good though. Um, you're not supposed to drink it because. It's too fucking acidic is why. It's bad for your teeth. It's bad for your vocal cords. It's bad for your throat. And all I want is a drink that tastes the way this tastes without without being bad for those things. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to get it. Yeah, that seems like a, like, a, like a tricky situation. But beverage adventures, that's fun. All right. Okay. okay. Well, podcast fans, how was that? Was that like a more like traditional podcast opening? That, that felt feels very... like it before just, right? and we didn't get right into it. We had a little bit of just like catch up. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited to talk about this particular uh, section because it feels a lot like, um, I didn't make a lot of notes, but I have a lot to say. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, no, I, I liked this reading. Um, there were a, a couple episodes ago when we had the one with the Turkish quarter being set on fire with the baby. Yeah. That, I think we said, hey, this reading functions as a movie. Um, this one I don't think is as, like, it's not, it's segmented in the same way where you can just kind of take it out and it's own, it's its own thing. But I think this is, like, you know, we keep saying, oh, it's very cinematic, it's very cinematic. This, to me, like, a lot of stuff that happens in this, maybe it feels like, an oversized episode of like a like a prestige TV show or something like that. I would say it's, that. I mean, it, it's a bit like a. I mean, it's a bit like a Columbo, in a kind of in a yeah. way. You know, I it, mean, it because of the character that we're following and you know the detectiving yeah. that's happening and an extended detective sequence. You know, and also it's hard for this to be a standalone sequence because it's you know it's directly following from uh, the the few chapters at the end of the last reading, continuing on with our adventures uh, with the with the cast in Munich. In Munich, yeah, yeah. Um, although Tenma does he does show up. <laughs> does he end. ever? Um, and thank God because I was definitely like, oh man, if this section has no Tenma, like what are we gonna name the episode? <laughs> oh, I want to come up with something. I know you would, buddy. Um. Yeah. Well. Okay. Let's let's do this then. Uh, chapter fifty one. Richard. Richard, the private detective, meets with his ex wife in a cafe, to check in with her, talk about uh, talk about his child. Um, he asks to see her, and uh, his ex wife says, "I'll ask if she wants to." He has a session with Dr. Reichwein and uh, talks a little bit about how excited he is to see his daughter and uh, admits, I mean, he kind of already did, um, but he, he says it again clearly that he shot and killed the serial killer because he was drunk on the job. Uh, as he walks through town, he has a PTSD flashback. He returns home. Uh, uh, is 
And then we see him at the cafe again, um, waiting for his ex-wife to return. She comes back, says, actually, she doesn't want to see you. Uh, and that sucks. And he almost breaks his sobriety, but he doesn't. And that's this chapter. Yeah. Um, the first time I read this chapter, I didn't super especially care for it. Um, but I think, and honestly, I think if I was writing this manga, um, I would have put 52. I would have, the next chapter, I would have made that the first chapter of this volume and then just had an unbroken string of Richard, I think. Um, cause it, it, I don't know. It, it threw me off a little bit, but I, there's things in this, this chapter that I like. Um, there's the thing we talk about a lot, you know, there's a the discussion of you can't get back what you lost, you know, you can killing someone is something that you can't come back from something like that. So yeah. there's, it's just the themes that we like to harp on are, are all here in this, in this chapter. Definitely. Well, the themes that are, are here, they're here. And then also the theme of recovery, um, is very present in Richard's storyline. Like I think Richard as a character, like, like if we're asking if we're if we're doing the push our push our glasses up our nose thing, what is Richard's narrative function? You know, um, and his narrative function in terms of the themes, or I guess his thematic function, I should say. I just I just actually my own actually fuck. I'm a prick. Um, <laughs> his thematic function is to, like we were saying last reading, right, the greys, is to engage with the concept of recovery and the concept of uh, uh, coming back from from something that uh, that cannot be taken back, right? Um, and I think this chapter really sets that up and it sets up the difficulty of it and it, it begins, it really starts to engage with the process and we see Richard engaging with the process a bit. Yeah, I think it makes the stakes very real. I mean, like we've talked, yes. you know, we, we say murder something you can't come back from. And here we're seeing someone who is going through the hard work of, of trying to come back from it. And yeah, he um, can't see his daughter. Like mm -hmm. the stakes, the stakes for Richard in in kind of this this chapter and maybe even the next one is, am I going to see my daughter again? You know, or at least soon or whatever. Will I ever have that that connection, that valuable thing back? Um, and that I mean, wow. Those are, those are stakes. Those are, I mean, a stake, stakes like that to me are almost more effective than, than something like, uh, somebody going to die, how, like, oh, this city's going to get blown up by a bomb. You know, like, is this going to see his fucking daughter? Oof. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's, it's definitely, um, really interesting. Um, is there anything in the Reichwein stuff that you want to talk about? Or do we, do you have any notes there? Honestly, you already touched on it. The Reichwein specifically says... You'll never recover what you lost, and the fact that you killed him cannot ever be erased. You know? Yeah. And then he says, the important thing is to start working from there. Um, which is, my god, is that is that ever true for, for a person who's in recovery um, for any kind of wrongdoing uh, to themselves or others, really? I mean, that is, that's very much how it is. Yeah, I really like the relationship. Um, I think, yes. I mean, we, we get a lot of Reichwein and Richard in these chapters. And there's some points where I'm like, well, this is maybe like crossing the line of like, what is good patient therapist or re relationship? Like, they're very close. They're friends. But like, I, I, I like the, you know, I like that they're buddies and, you know, kind of the banter that they have with each other. 
Um, so I, I like that a lot in this chapter. My favorite bit in this chapter is the, the what you mentioned where he's walking on the street and has his, his panic attack, his, his PTSD. Because um, it, it does a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, um, not thematically, but like mechanically, right? Where we have the very detailed shots of the street and the cars and then kind of the more abstract ones. There's so many sound boxes on these. There's a, oh, it's like yeah. a spread where it's, you know, did you've you, got did cars. Did you catch what triggered the PTSD? Was it the construction sounds? No. Um, so that sounds, the, the sounds on that street are construction sounds and street sounds, but the PTSD happens when he hears the police sirens. Oh, okay. The the whatever that sound. Yeah, we, pop, we did this last time. Bopo, bopo. Yeah, Matt hates it. I hate it. It's <laughs> Matt but... racist moments. No. <laughs> <laughs> Get him! Get him, everybody. <laughs> okay. Um. But I. I. So I like that sequence because they're very loud pages, and then it goes to complete silence during his flashback. Like there's not even like the the dawn of the you know the gunshot. Mm-hmm. I I I think it's good. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think maybe my favorite thing about this chapter is the introduction of an image. And we talked last time about an image that wasn't successful, and now we have a recurring image that I think is extremely successful, which is um, whenever Richard. Uh, sees people drinking alcohol or um, or he's like thinking about it particularly strongly we get a close-up shot of him swallowing gulping um, a dry throat you know and I think that's really like what an awesome shorthand for for that um, habit. Yeah, you immediately know what's going on. I mean, because those exactly. are usually coupled with you know it's shots of other people at the bar smiling and drinking you know having a good time and then you know like you said the dry throat swallow um yeah because it's it's twice you think maybe he's going to take a drink when his when his wife says hey i'll have to you know check to see what she thinks he he orders he orders the whiskey he orders the whiskey it's brought to him to Mm -hmm. his table he leaves the money on the table and leaves without taking a sip and it's like and we got fact, the whole sad piano as he walks into the night. You know? <laughs> yes, it is. It is a two hundred percent another Hulk sad piano moment. Um, Jesus, uh, maybe we should keep start keeping track of those. Um, yeah, well, I'll just make another one like I did last funny. time because they're they're good. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's a great image. I also like. I know that you aren't just hot on this chapter, but I think it's kind of interesting because I think this chapter is really, like, this close to being able to stand on its own as a short story. Oh, totally. Story. Yeah, yeah, you know? I think it does. Like, short of a couple of priorly, uh, priorly? Wow. Uh, of previously established circumstances, it, it works as a as a short story about about a private detective with alcoholism. Uh, and I love it. And who doesn't love that? I mean, that's a whole genre of fiction. There's, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, it is. No, yeah, it is, I, it's I think it's, it's good. I think for me it was more just kind of like the pacing felt weird in a way but um I, I i like it do you have any more notes on and when i say pacing i mean more just like in the structure of this reading more than you know i think it, it, i think that's a fair criticism because like i think i like it and you dislike it for the same reason which is how isolated it feels okay yeah 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 you know i i like it because of how encapsulated it is but you're right that it doesn't 
like it doesn't flow super well from the previous chapter and it doesn't flow super into well what's into next. the next chapter. Yeah, flow is exactly the word that I was thinking about, right? Um cuz okay. it took me I think two attempts to do this reading. Uh-huh. Um so like I I started it pretty shortly after we finished the last recording and then it fell off and then came back earlier today and and read the whole thing twice. So uh-huh. Yeah. No, no. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, this raises an interesting question, which is like, okay, so you would fix it. Would you keep this chapter in the reading or would you remove no, it? No, I would I would keep this chapter. Yeah, Where I would, would put, put I would put 52. I would just swap 51 and 52. Swap 51 and 52. Okay. Let's put a pin in that and revisit it after we read 52. Just because okay. like this is an interesting new conversation for us to have. Yeah, I've never really thought about this before, and it's so it's it's interesting. I well, I don't know if it's interesting, but it's it's something to talk about. I think if people are interested in the other things we have to say, like sh- this can't be less interesting. It's than not that, that far from what we usually talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, and like I said, I don't have a lot of notes, but I really I really like this reading, and I want to talk about it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Um. Okay. Fifty-two. Fifty-two. What's the name of this one? Proof. Proof. Okay. Carl continues reading to Erschewald, who remarks again that Carl's Latin has been improving. Carl Carl reveals that he's been studying with Johann, and Schewald remarks that Johann is pretty much perfect in every way. Carl tells Johann about this encounter and how it made him jealous. He also tells Johann that he's decided to quit his job reading for Schewald, and that he's decided he won't reveal his parentage to Schewald, even though he has a piece of proof. Carl gives the proof to Johan for safekeeping and so that he isn't tempted to change his mind on the decision. Carl's foster parents visit and offer to adopt him. There's an emotional moment. Carl accepts. When he gets home that night, Schuwald calls and reveals that Johan told him Carl was quitting and asks for Carl to do one more reading over the phone. Carl reads and breaks down in tears. Uh, the door opens. Schuwald's there. He reveals that he was on his cell phone. And Johan gave him the proof, a lucky rabbit's foot, that Schuwald had given to Carl's mother, Margot, revealing that Carl was, in fact, Schuwald's son. Uh, the chapter ends with Schuwald announcing that he has hired Johan as a personal assistant, and Johan makes some... We do, like, a slow zoom in on his eyes. That's kind of scary. I said the word reveals a lot in that summary. I, I wrote that, like, two or three times, and I still am not happy <laughs> happy with it. There's a lot of revealing in this reading. There's not yeah. much to it. Like, like, I mean, you say, he set up, Ursawa set up the puzzle boxes, and now he's opening them. You know what I mean? Yes. Do you have, what's your first note for this, for this chapter? Man, not, not a lot. I don't have any notes until we hit Johan, frankly. Okay. Um, and, and that note is, oh, it's the back of Johan's head again. Yeah. We love, we love seeing the back of Johan's head. I didn't note that, but I, I, I did notice that in this and a few other chapters. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't have a lot of uh, notes for this reading because this reading, hmm, it's kind of like the Munich stuff from from last reading is chapter one, and all of this stuff is chapter two. And so this reading just feels like payoff, 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 which is great. It's great to read. Um, but it's less interesting to talk about because it would just be us like recapping a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, do you have anything to say about chapter 52? I mean, the only notes that I had, um, is 
Carl oh, tells no. us. Oh, yeah. you got one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was probably the same one that you were about to do. Is it about what Carl tells his parents about Johan? No, but so hit it. Yeah, so the the my note there was the way that he talks about his relationship with Johan, like how he feels he can tell him anything. That's what we heard. Um, uh, is it? It's not Junkers. Who was the? What was the serial killer? Jurgens. 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 That's what Jurgens said about you know yeah. his his friendship with with Johan is that he felt like he could tell him anything. Um, so it's it's. Did, uh, a, did glasses guy also? Glasses say guy that? also said that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's okay. a running theme about how people okay. feel about Johan. It's also funny because like whenever we hang out with Johan, I he j- I just don't trust him. Yeah, like oh, he's I mean, a freak. obviously I, he's a freak, but it's it is it is funny that like uh, we keep being informed that people feel safe around this guy, and I'm like I would never feel safe around this guy. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what was your, what was your note? My note is that what the fuck, Carl? It hurts. It sucks. Oh, like that now he's not with his foster parents or what? Well, like he, so he's hanging out with his foster parents and they're hanging out. And he's like, you've been so good to me. And they're like, why don't you uh, officially become our son? And he goes, yeah, you're my real mother and father. And then at the end of the chapter, he's like crying in Shufald's arms. And his foster parents are like totally forgotten after this point. We never see or hear from them again. I mean, it's it's really sad. I mean, that did make me feel bad. Yeah, but to me, this is this is Johan doing his manipulating thing again that he does to people because it's I I still haven't quite figured out what his game with with Shewald is, but um yeah, I mean like Carl Johan did something that Carl like explicitly asked him not to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is the thing. Like, so it's so it's interesting, right? Because when Johan accepts. When Johan offers to take the rabbit foot off Carl's hands, yeah. the reader is obviously intended to go, oh ho, you know, Johan's gonna, Johan's gonna do it. Johan's gonna... Johan's gonna claim the parentage. I mean, that was my exactly. first thought. Yeah. Exactly, right? Because that's kind of what things have been building towards a bit. Uh, Urusawa has placed a lot of a lot of uh, breadcrumbs for the readers to pick up to take us to the conclusion. That yeah, because Carl asks Schuwald, like, when they're hanging out, he says, how would you feel if you had a son that was someone like Johan, right? And that's what triggers the kind of jealousy, right? Is how much Schuwald yeah. likes and cares for, for Johan. Um, so it's, it's definitely queuing you up to expect that. And then instead it's, I like, it's a little, uh, it's confusing. It threw me off and I was a little like, okay, why is this what Johan has chosen to do? It, it yes. makes you It's a cool left turn, right? It's yeah. like, what's like, what is Johan's game? Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, we don't find out what that game is in this no. chapter. Um, and I'm trying to remember what exactly the game is. I think I know. I think I know what it is, um, but I will not reveal. But it's cool, right? It's cool. It's a good mystery. And also, like with the other stuff that is uh, revealed, we should just keep it. Fuck it, cinema sense. Just keep saying uh, reveals. Fucking yeah. ding. Uh, but um, but with the other things we learn in this reading, you really start to get a sense of the kind of planner Johan is. Of how terrifyingly long-term he can think. Um, which is cool. I think it's really cool. And, and it's a cool moment to, to realize in the middle of it, one of Johan's plans is currently happening. We're in the middle of it, and I don't understand. Mm-hmm. 
like the reader is the reader is in there. We're the only ones with all of the information, and we still don't have all of the information. Ah, it's 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 great. It's great. It's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought the cell phone thing was funny. I mean, like in '97, yeah, that's like it's huge. That oh, you can be somewhere and not, you know, you're on the phone, but you're also where you're calling. Uh, like that's a huge in the in the return season of Twin Peaks. That's like a big, long running plot mechanic or joke is that um, the the receptionist at the police station doesn't understand cell phones. Like they freak her out. And that becomes like a big, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a good bit. Um, so I always like it when that happens, when people are, oh no, you're here. How are you here? We're on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's all I had. That was my, yeah, those are all my notes for yeah. that. For chapter 52. Last, yeah. Last note for chapter 52 for me. So you mentioned at the end, there's a zoom in on Johan's eyes. Mm-hmm. And this is actually more than just as, well, it's not more than just a zoom in. It's exactly just a zoom in. It is the exact line work from the previous panel blown up. That's fun. I like that. Isn't that fun? I yeah. think it's a really, it's a cool touch and it gives it this, this scratchy feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just thought that was a cool little uh, little thing to highlight. Um, it's easy for uh, artists to do this uh, in a lazy way, but you know that when Arasawa does it, he's doing it for a reason. So any artists out there, there's a cool, there's a fun little thing that you can do. If you, you can strategically take line art from a previous panel and blow it up for, you know, whatever uh, artistic purposes. Um, there's good ways and bad ways to do it, and this is a good way. Uh, so, okay, we finished chapter 52. So, you're thinking we should we should swap the order here. I th- Yeah, I mean, because 50 ends with, um, 50 is the forest, right? Where it's unresolved, you know, is he going to tell Shewald that he's his son? You know, this, that, the other. There's a little bit of Richard stuff at the end of 50, which is why I think 51 picks up with Richard. But to me, like... Because now what we get into with 53, it's a direct continuation of 51, whereas 52 kind of wraps up the Schuwald and, and Johan and, and uh, Carl stuff. No, actually, not, like, now that we finish 52, you're completely fucking right. So, That's, just a weird, yeah, I don't know. Now that is I, odd. See, here's the thing. It, that, it, really, that really makes it stick out. Here's the thing. I hate what this opens me up to, which is I just become like a machete order guy for, for manga, right? Where it's just like, moving all my pieces no, around. Like, no, I, come on. Urasawa, Urasawa's normally very good with this. I yeah. It just sure stuck out to me, reason. I think, was the only thing. Um, it does It does stick out. It does stick out. Um, it's not as It's not as clean. I, I really, and it makes me wonder, like, okay, so if this was a choice Urasawa made, because I'm sure that he had both chapters mostly plotted at the same time, yeah. right? So if he had both these chapters plotted mostly at the same time, why did he make this choice? Um, my only guess, my only guess is that once Johan assumes his role aside Shuvald and Carl, his plan advances... And maybe that advancement would have messed with things that's happening in chapter 51, but I honestly don't even think so. But that's my only guess. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That 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 sounds reasonable to me. Um, what is the title of 53? 
brought to light. Okay. Shuvald dismisses Richard. Uh, he dismisses Richard's services as a private detective, saying that everything has been resolved. Richard and Reichwein get some dinner and discuss Richard's past detective work and some old cases. Uh, he is waiting for a train, gets the sense that someone is behind him, but no one is there. At his apartment, he looks back through his old cases and thinks about them and almost has a realization, but his PTSD kicks in, he sees the ghost of the boy he killed, and it evades him. Later, he is walking the streets at night and hears someone following him. When he chases them, there is no one there but the ghost again. He goes to Reichwein's place and says to Reichwein that he shot and killed the serial killer because he realized the existence of true evil in the world and that the unsolved cases he was researching earlier in the chapter are actually one single case. Dun dun dun. Wa ba ba. Yeah. I like um I like the I like the ghost a lot. That it's like this is what's preventing him from doing detective work is this is this trauma that is like not a literal ghost but is a a ghost that's blocking him from solving the case. I like that we see trauma this way um, for multiple characters, um, and especially for killing, um, because we also saw this with Mueller. Uh, and another thing I really like about this ghost in particular, it's always the same. It's always the same thing. He doesn't see the ghost like in different poses or taunting him in different ways. It's the same image of the guy standing there with an evil smile pointing a gun at him. Um, or there was that other time where it, you, we also saw him get shot, but it always starts with that one thing, and I think that the the static, unchanging nature of it, seeing the same thing everywhere you go, um, I think it's awesome. Well, and it, it fits with kind of what he... When you said, like, he shot the kid because it was like he realized the existence of evil, This it was like something in what he saw, right? It's like... To, this is the face of evil to him, right? And it's like it's burned into his brain as this as this horrible thing, and then this horrible thing that he did. Um, it's it's good. Stepping back to the Schuwald stuff at the beginning of this chapter, I do think it's funny that they keep mentioning like when Schuwald smiles, like people will call it out. They're like, "Man, he really likes that young guy. He smiled because like Quinn looking in those panels, I cannot see a smile." It's just an old man face with a mustache. Oh, no, yeah, the previous the previous chapter they mentioned his smile as well. And I looked at, I spent some time earlier today, I was looking real hard at it, and I was like, oh, that one crease. It's uh-huh. that one crease on It's his really cheek. funny. And you have to be looking for it. Yeah. Um I imagine it'll be more obvious in the anime. <laughs> Probably. It is funny. It is really funny. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think there is there is something disturbing about about Carl's newfound relationship with Schuvald. 
that he calls him father that you know he's like pushing him around i don't it makes me a little uncomfortable it is it's uncomfortable it feels strange the way that he abandoned his foster parents after you know his whole thing with the motivation that we talked about last chapter last reading you know uh and i think it's one meant to do that right this is johan manipulating mm-hmm. yeah. the situation to his to his desires and his wishes and and molding Carl into something useful to him, right? So so we thought that Carl would be a killer. Carl's not a killer, but Johan has made him a tool. Yeah. Right? Changed Carl, in a way. Um, and so it's disturbing for that reason. However, I do think that even though we can kind of tell that that's what's happened, Urasawa didn't show it enough and it doesn't feel super earned to me it feels more like carl just had a really kind of fucked up change of heart as opposed to he got weirded into it by johan's fuckery yeah 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 no that that makes sense i'm with you there i think the paranoia is good like all of the is someone following me am i being is am i gonna get pushed in this train station like that's good kind of thriller stuff it's a it's uh and the paranoia just kind of builds over these these next sets of chapters oh, in a totally. way that i think is is really effective yes um, yeah the you know and the yeah the alcoholism to also like the gulping as a as an image we don't see it in this chapter but alcoholism or an addiction in general is something that's like always lurking like just in the back of your head the reader kind of being with Richard and knowing that it's waiting there mm-hmm. also contributes to that sensation. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, because it's like, what's going to get him? Is it going to be the alcoholism or is it going to yes. be whoever's following him? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. I didn't think about that. Uh, one note, uh, I didn't mention in the summary, but one of the chapter, one of the, the cases, one of the unsolved cases from his time on the force was, um, it was a middle-aged couple murder obviously you know to the reader we go oh that was johan um and he mentions it was investigated by a bka agent and they never caught the prime suspect an asian doctor named tenma and it's like god damn it lungay did it again he did it off screen he blamed another one on tenma the bastard yeah it's uh it's good (laughs) it's good it's good it's it's both it's both funny um and also that like lets us the readers know like oh hey hey wait a minute you know mm-hmm. i i like the sequence where he's going through his murder scrapbook and we kind of get like the summaries of these different cases um because they they are not all the same it's kind of like there was an accountant that just like got stabbed to death there were two kind let's, of like uh, let's not go into the details the details are really not the important thing about I didn't them. know but like i think yeah. it's it's a good variety of different of little cases okay, that's that's fair. Like, yeah. yeah. Urasawa did put thought into them. Uh-huh. As we see, as we see next chapter. At first, I was kind of, I wasn't sure how I felt about the, this is all the same case reveal. But, I mean, that's just the way that this comic works, right? Is the is the web of coincidences. Yes. Um, and I think this, you know, last time we, I, I mentioned the, how going to these new characters felt like something that happens in, like, The Count of Monte Cristo or those sort of serialized novels. This reading is like that web that is all spread out. It's starting to kind of tighten and draw together a little bit. 
Yeah, I have a my first note for the next chapter is the threads begin to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. you're totally you're totally right. Um, I think the sequence where he's uh, on the back streets and he hears a footstep in the darkness behind him is fucking awesome. I don't have a lot of like visual notes for this reading, but one of them is uh, at what point he stops walking and looks behind him, and in the darkness there is a tack of a footstep. The tack is a really good sound, and it gets it's used effectively in that sequence. That that one ends with him just looking down the the dead end dark alley and that's like yeah. a, a good panel yeah well and then he sees the ghost again and he's like oh god damn it it's this fucking guy you know he's always here <laughs> he's always fucking here uh i i bet this sequence is another one that's going to be really good in the anime um, yeah you know i mean uh, any sequence that like focuses on sound to me i'm always like oh great i can't wait to i can't wait to hear this mm-hmm. you know um yeah also uh, at the end of this chapter, when he when he says to Reichwein about it, he shot and killed the guy because of he recognized evil, he does not mention being drunk, which ties into ties into the thing that happens later, which I have mixed feelings about, um, and we'll get to it. Uh, yeah, we're gonna head to chapter fifty four. I have I have one note about the end about that conversation, the existence of evil. Um, he thinks he saw it, and that's in that kid's face. You know, he, he uh, this ties back into something that he has done. His the a thing that he likes to do with Reichwein is he brings them he brings them pictures of people who are like persons of interest in the thing that he's doing, and asks the doctor like, "Hey, what do you think about this guy? Like based on this picture of his face, like give me your read on him." And Reichwein is always like kind of hesitant to do it. He's like, "You know, I'm not a fortune teller. That's not the way it works." But Richard's always kind of like, "You know, come on, just just give me your gut feeling." Um, one of the, and then one of the things that Reichwein says at one point is. Richard beats himself up for not being able to read minds and kind of just like immediately intuit things about um, people. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting, right, that it's like the, this thing that has undone him, this this murder that he did was something that was prompted by like one time in his life where for a split second he was able – he just thought he could read something on the, on this person's face, right? It was like so clear to him, this thing that he is always like – trying to do and would make his his job easier it's like one time it worked and he was it has been so mentally annihilating right that he just he he keeps seeing that face and and the evil whoa oh that's that's really good i liked yeah i i liked it faces you've been going eyes with the window of the soul Mm -hmm. matt I think what we might need to do, I think what we might be able to do is we might be able to take that, I think we can make that faces. I, I mean, because you said Urasawa's a face manga, or a, a face manga, right? So it's like, yeah, this is, mechanically it's a thing where it's like, okay, and now it is also thematically. Yes, exactly. Like, it's, now we're, we're leaning into faces having thematic importance because identity mm-hmm. has a huge, massive... Uh, thematic importance when it comes to to monster and to Johan in particular, which we will we will see. Um, there's some very interesting stuff with that. Um, so that was that's that's very important, I think. And this also reminds me of the ex detective um, from that one off chapter uh, who who used to be able to tell if somebody was good or bad just by just by looking. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's this good. is kind of the opposite, like. Like, this guy can't tell. He's like, I, I, I can't tell, and I, I shot this guy, and was it the right thing to do? Um, 
And, but, you know, and, and like, was it? I don't, honestly, I don't think the manga is even passing judgment on Richard. Yeah, and this is, I, I almost wasn't going to bring this up, but I think just, like, based on, well, I, I, the whole, you know, that this was something that just destroyed Richard's career and his life, right? And I think this is more a reflection on just, like, how terrible policing is, especially here in the West, right? Like, I almost think this is something that just, like, if this happened in real life, right? Like, I mean, the kid was pointing a gun at Richard, right? I think this is just people brush it aside, don't even give it a second thought, right? Um, which I don't think is right. I mean, I it's I, yeah. I think it was it was wrong what he did. But I, I think um, it, it almost just feels like, man, if this happened in real life, this would be such a nothing and that sucks you know um but yeah no so that's that's all i had for 53 do you have anything else i don't think so okay what's uh, the title of 54 one case one case okay good 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 dr reichwein writes to his former student rudy gillen who has just had an article published about some of his work with jurgens on a hunch, Reichwein asks Rudy for information on the friend that Jurgens mentioned, and also asks if Rudy knows anything about his classmate, Dr. Kenzo Tenma, what kind of person he has become. Hoping to find a connection between the unsolved cases, Richard travels around interviewing people who knew the murder victims, learning that they were all connected to Schuwald in some way professionally, but then also socially. He narrowly misses being hit by falling construction equipment and then later by a car as his paranoia about being followed ramps up. Richard and Reichwein meet, and Richard lays out his theory. All of the murders, including that of the boy, Edmund Farin, served to isolate Schuwald. He also notes that a name came up in all of these cases, a name that Reichwein also received from Rudy, Johann. The two realize in horror that Johann has made himself very, very close to Schuwald. It's a good chapter. It really, yeah. This one, uh, the the note I have is Urasawa open, closed. Good. Hell yeah. You know? Because it just, it, mm. And all Ties of a sudden, together. this is how, this is how it all is. And it is really satisfying after the, what, six chapters we've spent in Munich? Yeah. It's like, oh my god, it really was all connected all along. Yeah. Um... Like, we knew it was, but, oh, was it ever. And I love that this nice old man is the is their professor from that class that they cheated in, right? That, like, it's so good. It's so clean and nice and tight. And that this is a man who, like, you know, wanted to keep up with his students, right? Like, I, he is such a, a nice man, right? Like oh, my God, is... you're right. It is the same one. Mm-hmm. It is the same one. Gillen named Reichwein in, in the flashback. I don't know if he named him in the flashback, Did, hold but on, hold it, on. It, I gotta, I gotta go and get it. I gotta go find. Yeah, this go out check in it. Mm. No, no, it was a different one. And I thought that was, yeah, I, that would have been strange because the the class that they cheated in was Intro to Forensics, which was taught by Professor Hesse, and I don't really know what Reichwein would have been doing teaching forensics. Oh man. Well, but he, but he was, wasn't he, a, he was a police psychologist. Because that comes up later. Reichwein, yeah, Reichwein does mention being a police psychologist, but I expect that uh, what Reichwein taught was just an intro to psych and 
That would have okay. been crazy if it was. I the same was hoping thing. that was it. Yeah. Man, I, that would have been wild for a second. That would have been too much. That would have been too yeah. much. Um, that's fine. It's fine. Uh, but it's still, yeah, it absolutely is one of those kind of coincidences, um, that Urasawa loves to do. And it's a really good one because you just don't see it coming. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, and we get a little picture of a uh, college Tenma and he's so cute. Mm hmm. It's a, it's a good boy, good boy, burger and a milkshake. So that's that's good. I liked the groundwork, like the footwork that Richard's doing, yeah. all the all the little interviews. Like, I, it's it's good mystery solving, detectivey stuff. It really is. Like, it's not it's not good pod, but listeners, like the sequence where where he is going, he's talking to this person and this person is really really enjoyable to read if you're into mystery stories. It's really well done, um, and. Despite the fact that he is investigating three mysteries at once, uh, Orozawa actually does a pretty good job of keeping everything straight for the reader. And one thing I noted here was that uh, with all these interviews, we get a lot of great faces. Yeah, um, there's there's lots of I I liked all the people. I mean, because what it's the the business tycoon, the wife of the of the driver. No, not the wife of the driver. I don't know. I don't- I'm not exactly Pe- sure people. which one is connected to which. I just vaguely know yeah. what's going on. It's it, it paints Shuwald in a different light, I think, is the other thing that this chapter yes. does, right? Because it's like everything before it was he's a grumpy old man, he's the vampire of Bavaria, but it's like everyone that Richard's talking to is people who were it was like it's the survivors of Shuwald's friends, right? It's there's this lady yes. that he gave her all these books of poetry and they would just read together. Right. It's two of his bird watching buddies and then like a corporate rival who they would always at parties. They'd make this big show of just like screaming at each other and getting in fights. But it was mostly just like, you know, they were underneath it all. They were friends is is, is kind of what the implication there is. So it's uh, it's it's good character stuff for a guy who is kind of one note. It is. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, what it does is it contextualizes the note, right? It, it tells you there used to be more. Mm-hmm. There used to be more to him, and Johan took the, all that away. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't isolated. Yes, he was rich and probably always a, a, a Always terrible in some ways, yeah. You know, but, but he didn't used to be completely alone. Johan did that. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is what Johan did to, or this is what General Wolf told us that Johan did to him, right? Was like he took away everyone who knew me, everyone that cared about me. And this is kind of what you said about Johan playing the long game, because this is what, this is what Richard notes, right? Is these cases were spread out over multiple years. They're different MOs. Like, there's nothing that really links these things together until you look at everything with the context of this of this new stuff, right? Yeah, like it, they're they're not connected in, until Shuvald, uh, until you put Shuvald in the middle, and you know there was no reason to do that until until now. So it's it's uh, I had just a, a whole lot of fun with this chapter. Yeah, I got like I I I like got almost goosebumps when because it's not quite a jack in the box because it's on the opposite page. You don't turn to get to it. But when Richard reveals Johan is doing this to isolate Shewald, like that's the, it's a it's a good line. Anytime a character figures out something about how Johan works, like when Rudy did it in the carnival, like I really liked it there. When we get facts about like, here's how Johan works, I always think it's it's neat. 
it's a great thing to learn about Johan because it is so scary. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's also necessary because, um, you know, his presence, his physical presence in this part of the story could, if not handled correctly, demystify him a little too much. This chapter re-mystifies him because now you're like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, uh, it's awesome. 55. Journey to Johan. We see Johan playing with some kids. Richard meets with his ex-wife again and gives her a little dossier of uh, articles and such about how he uh, killed the, the serial killer, tells her to uh, show his daughter that stuff when, uh, when she's ready. Um, and his ex-wife, his ex-wife says, uh, Richard, you've really come back. You remind me of the young detective I once knew. Which is never a good sign. Uh, he goes to the supposed parents, question mark, of Johann Liebert and pretends to be an insurance salesman to get some information out of them. Later, uh, he realizes that the child in their family photos is not Johan. Um, so then he goes and he tries to find some records about, about his birth. Doesn't find anything unusual until he overhears someone saying all the records burned down four years ago. And all the records had to get replaced. Whew! Thank God for that. Um, thank God he was sitting there on this one bench in this <laughs> one office when this one guy tried to smoke. Smoking a cigarette, yeah. Jesus, fuck. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind coincidence, but man, anyway. That's a big one. That one made me laugh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Gillen and Reichwein meet up and talk about uh, Peter Jurgens. And the other cases, while Richard goes to a cemetery and finds a tombstone for uh, the Liebert's original Johann child. Richard gets a call on the phone from his daughter, and they make plans to meet. There's tears in his eyes. Knock, knock. It's Johann. Yeah, that poor guy. <laughs> this poor fucking guy. Woof. Yeah. Oh, man. You hate to see it. Um, you hate it, folks. You hate to see it happen. You hate to see it. I mean, Reichwein tells him, like, there's the, it's, it's the triple whammy. His wife says, you know, you've made so much growth. You're like the person I used to know. Reichwein tells him he's made a full recovery. He's going to yeah. see his daughter tomorrow. Like... This guy got genre story. He his death warrant immediately signed. Just like so, he got got. It's so bad. It was. It's so bad. I feel like I've had wrestling on the brain a little bit lately, and I just feel like it's you and me as the wrestling at hours, wrestling announcers. You know, and we see this, and we're like, oh man, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, that's what it. That's a good. That's a good. <laughs> I like that imagery. <laughs> Like the two of us up in the box, just fucking losing our minds. Yeah, as Richard over just gets way. hit with like the fluorescent, the tube light just smashed over his head. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's fucking sprites. Like, oh, oh, he's going back. 
Folks, he's picking up the table. Oh, oh no. Man. Oh, Jesus. Um, Fuck. Fuck, so. he's going out of the ring. I don't know. It's, uh, can you tell I just, uh, I- I've been reading uh, World Ride Wrestling? No, <laughs> I was, I, like, I was curious. I was like, is Quinn a wrestling person? Like, no, I'm you... not. I've never seen a single this weekend. match. Um, I've never seen a single one. Um... Uh, but I've been reading a, a tabletop RPG about wrestling and listening to a, 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 an actual play of it. And okay. it's really it's really enticing me. And I'm kind of over here like, fuck, do I need to get into wrestling? I have tried to get into wrestling back in college and I just found it like unbearably boring. It what seems is, like comic thing? books. It seems like the if, if you who. don't get into it when you're a kid, it's really, really hard to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe if there's like a scene uh in the city i moved to but I, i'm sure there unlike- will be it seems unlikely to me local wrestling promos i mean when i lived in south carolina there were not one but two competing um christian wow. wrestling leagues <laughs> 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 i'm really glad i brought us down this tangent just so we could have that fact on air love that. i facebook messaged one of the groups and asked them are you the one that there's the sign like over on uh and i set a specific road and they're like no that's where this other group, our rivals, were better than them. And I was like, oh, okay. It was truly bizarre. Um, but yeah, so there's always, I think there's always local, local wrestling scenes. Um, okay, cool. Well, I, I hope so. I think I might enjoy like local wrestling. Uh, I think that's a fun time. Man, Quinn, Quinn is wrestling announcer. Oh, fuck. Ooh, now we're maybe on to something. It's okay. good. You could do it. Um, I feel like I could do it. Uh, fans, leave some comments. Leave some comments. Uh, Spotify just added that, you know, like, reply to the podcast. Like, reply to the podcast. Leave a review for the podcast on Spotify and tell me if you think I'd be a good wrestling announcer. Okay, so, Johan's hanging out with these kids. They're having their little fun... They're playing Power Rangers, playing which is Power very era-appropriate. Yeah. Uh, it's super fun. Uh, and Johan asked this, asked this kid, you know... Well, after you take over the world, that's the hard part. What kind of regime will you build? You know, it's like, okay. Okay, Johan. Like, we get it. Yeah, it's so creepy. I hate it. It makes me really uncomfortable that he is able to, that this man is volunteering with children. I don't like, I mean, like, oh, man. It's not fun. I feel like if he asked this question a different way, I would go like, oh, that's a fun question to ask a kid. Uh, It's the way he phrased it. Yeah, you know, and he's got his little angelic, angelic look. We get so many shots of Johan's eyes. His fucking cold as ice eyes. It's always creepy. Man. Uh, This is not spelled out explicitly in the text, but I am pretty sure that this is where Richard gets that picture of Johan. It seems like it's in this park. Like I looked at the snapshot as it comes up and it's the, I mean, Johan is kind of always wearing a turtleneck. He saw Johan when he visited Schuwald in the last chapter. No, but there's a picture of Johan that they start, that they, that, um, Reichwein gives to Rudy. Yeah, it's a physical snapshot. So I think this is, this, to me, this makes sense of Hmm. where Richard would have gotten that picture. Like he took it here. Hell, that could be. I mean, because Richard is here and I've been trying to figure out why Richard is here where Johan is, and so maybe it's to take the picture, but they don't show that. They don't. Interesting, is... I wonder if we mixed, missed it somewhere. 
Maybe it was earlier. Maybe it was last volume, but like for sure. No, there's this, only this, this last volume. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, hey, what do you think about his weird fake family? So you're saying his ideal family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, so that's his ideal family. Okay. And we know that he's been there for at least a few years, right? It's like they're kind of jarring because you. I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, but I kind of never really expected to see them. Or maybe I thought that Shuvald was his ideal family. For I thought they'd be scarier or something. These just seem like normal people and they're weird. Like, I couldn't tell. Like, are these, like, the pawns that Johan uses? Like, what is... What's the deal with this? The other thing that confused me is their last name was Liebert. That's all the way back from the first chapter, right? Like, when the when the trade people are killed. It was their identity... Because I checked it today, just now. You checked the, it, yeah. Yeah, the trade ambassadors... That get murdered at the beginning of the story are called out as these are the Lieberts, right? So did is Liebert just a common name and he just found some, and he made these people Lieberts or what? Like I don't I know. I think it's... I mean they were clearly <laughs> they were Lieberts before, and it's also true like he must have moved in with these people before he shot Junkers, right? Because at that point he was already going by Johan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that he changes his name as he moved around as an adolescent between foster families. So, let me hear for a few years. Um, but I think his ideal family, it, the thing is really, what is an ideal family for Johan? And I think seeing them tells you his ideal family is one that is completely normal one that he can completely assimilate into, mm. and the fiction is almost perfect. A oh, safe base of operations for the rest of his plans. And, and importantly, also one that is to him morally perfect, right? Because he right. had the other guy kill that other family because uh, the dad was stepping out on his wife or some shit, right? So if we take that at face value, which we don't... We might not want to, but if, for the sake of argument, we take that at face value that that's why he had them killed, he also has moral expectations for the people that he sees as his parents. Sure, um, yeah. Uh, and I think there's a little bit of evidence for that scattered around. Um, uh, and so I think that's that's what makes these people ideal for him. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. For some reason, when we started thinking about the concept of the ideal family, my mind jumped to, oh, it's going to be people who are just as monstrous as he is, right? Mm. Um, so I, it's it's interesting to hear you say uh, the stuff about like being normal and assimilating. Um, so it's I'm I'm inter- I don't know if we'll see more of these people. Like I'm I'm interested in seeing where we go. I honestly don't know if we do. Yeah. Um. You know, it it seems like. Well, you know, you you look at the people that Johan has uh, stayed with, you know, and they're all people who have lost children, right? There are people who have lost children or or wanted them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's people that are really grateful to have him in their lives, people that are grateful to accept him into their lives and will not betray him because of that. Yeah, that's good. Do you have any other big notes for this chapter? Uh, I think there is a cool thing, which is that Richard realizes that Johan isn't their original child uh, because of how much he loves his daughter. He says, yeah. oh, thank no you. Matter, I forgot to bring this up. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. 
Uh, why don't you take it then? I talked a lot. Oh yeah, well, it's um, when when Richard meets with his wife, she gives him another new picture of his daughter, and he takes it out and puts it in his photo album. And she says, "Wow, you carry that photo album around with you everywhere." And he says, "Yeah, you know, you know, I, I love my daughter a lot. I love looking at these pictures. You know, thank you for bringing me, bringing me new ones. I know that she's always growing and changing, but like honestly, I feel like I'd always be able to recognize her." Um, and this is for him how he realizes it because he sees that picture of the original johan the child that is not our johan right and compares it to his mental image of johan the picture of johan that he has and is like no this baby did not grow up to be this man it's he uses dad powers to figure it out yeah dad powers um uh knock knock it's johan um (laughs) oofa doofa yeah (laughs) Let's, let's, uh, I'm glad that we got a, that much pot out of this chapter. I didn't think we were going to. I didn't either. I had, I had two notes. I had two notes for this chapter and, and we did okay. Uh, chapter 56. Um, and I actually have a note for the title, which is Execution. It's called Execution. Oh man. Yeah. It's when that popped up, I was like, well, yeah, there's no way. I mean, I knew he wasn't getting out of it, <laughs> but it was like, there's no way he's getting out of this. He's really not getting out of it. Um, okay, so chapter 56. Rudy meets with Jurgens to show him the picture that Richard got of Johan to see if Jurgens will have any reaction. Jurgens says he doesn't know the man and then goes silent before asking for a pen. Going against protocol, Rudy gives him the pen. Jurgens scratches out Johan's face in the photo and then starts to tell the story of meeting Johan in the park. He scratches it. He co- he's coloring his hair, actually. I think... Thing, I feel like he was coloring the whole face in. Like, started with the hair and then was like... My read of that was he was scratching out the face so that the picture the was useless. Thing. Yeah. That would... But he does... Yeah, so he starts... The hair is what we see. I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm making a, a jump there. I think, I think it's the hair. That's a, It's an interesting jump. Sorry. Is there a yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for, for clarifying. Um, he tells... Jurgens tells the story of meeting Johan in the park after he had done a murder and decided that he wasn't going to do murders anymore. Uh, and Jurgens saw Johan with a bunch of children leading them around, saying to each of them, you come along too, you come along too, you come along too. Uh, Rudy gets distracted trying to start the tape recorder so he can catch the story, and Jurgens kills himself with the pen. Johan meets with Richard under the pretense of writing a report for school about a UN convention on children's rights and the actual reality of crime and punishment in the juvenile system. Johan calmly baits Richard into talking about the kid he shot while he was drunk, whose name was Stephen Joss, and while quoting specific articles from the UN report, accuses Richard of extrajudicially executing a child. Richard gets upset, and Johan apologizes and buys a bottle of whiskey before the two leave. Rudy and Reichwein realize that Richard is in danger, but can't reach him. Johan reveals that Stephen came from Kinderheim 511 and that he was a good boy destroyed by that place. Johan makes threatening remarks about Richard's daughter and leads him up onto a roof before accusing Richard of lying about being drunk during Yas's murder. Johan plays up Richard's guilt, tells him he can't bear the weight of what he's done, executing this boy while completely sober, and offers him the bottle of whiskey. Police show up at Reichwein's and reveal that Richard is dead. Execution. Execution. It's a it's a good chapter. It's a really good chapter. And it has maybe one of my single favorite moments in the series. Oh, which one is that? 
That would be the uh, uh, Jurgen's uh, suicide with the pen. Really? Okay. It's fucked up. It is. It's so fucked up. Yeah. It's just like, it's a really striking thing to do uh, and a striking way to go. And it's the fucking title drop. Like the page, like the top third is the hand slamming into the side of his head, uh, driving the pen into his ear. And then the rest of the page is Gillen standing there shocked, lower left, title, uh, title card, execution. Woo! Yeah, it's good. Uh, visually, it kind of reminded me of, um, you know, there's that, that joke in The Dark Knight where Joker does the, I'm going to make a pencil disappear. That, mm. I mean, that like burned into my brain from when I saw it when I was probably too young. And just totally. always is like a very creepy, I don't, I, it's pencils and heads, don't like it. So that's that's what that brings up for me. Yeah, it's, it's a striking image. Yeah, uh, but it was fun hanging out with Jurgen some more. Yeah, I um, I liked that Rudy's tape recorder ended up being like his his fatal flaw for this, right? You know, he's he's a collector. He's got to have these. You know, it's, I need it for my tapes. I need it for my tapes, and that's what gives uh, Jurgen's the split second to just do it. Get in there. Um, a small visual note: when we see Jurgen's uh, preparing the pen, there is something very unusual, which is there is a slight slant to the left side of that panel as it adjoins a panel of uh, Rudy's shocked face. Um, uh, And I mentioned this in maybe the second reading, I want to say, Um, but Urasawa is very, very strict with his panel work. Um, They are always straight lines, straight panels. He very rarely, rarely uses any angles at all. Um, so even though it's a super slight angle, it is present and it really adds to the feeling of, of things being off kilter, of slipping sideways into a dream. Um, you know, and the screen tone, uh, you know, there's the, there's the shot of Jurgen's prepping the pen and it's mostly black, but there is like a, a lighter beam sort of surrounding his hand in the pen and that kind of highlights the the motion uh, that's about to occur. It leads the eye. Um, and that's at an angle too. And that adjoins the angle of the panel. So it it is Urasawa using a lot of non-orthogonal, or a couple of non-orthogonal elements to really subtle, but I think very cool effect. Yeah, I like this a lot. It's good. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh, never mind. Okay. It was just a trick of how he's holding the book. I thought maybe the page number was off off kilter too, but no, it's it's lined up. That would be really <laughs> That something. would be something. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what you got? Uh, the next thing I have is the when they're in the bar and uh, Johan does the thing where he's citing, you know, Article 9, Section 7 or whatever. This made me so frustrated. This this worked. It, the, what Johan did to get uh, Richard frustrated, it made me frustrated. And uh, there's one sp- it's one specific reason why, and it's a thing that Richard says. Richard's like, look, everything that you're saying about human rights, right, for children, these rights for children... This just applies to people in general, human and children. I know I did the wrong thing. Like, I, it's, 
I, I, I don't know why you were so hung up on, like, this specifically. And Johan's like, oh, well, you know, it's it's because this is what I'm writing my paper about. Like, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, bah, bah, bah. It, it, it takes me off. Yeah, my my uh, note for this is, Johan's a prick. He's so smug because he's, like, smiling while he does it. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, he's got this, it's maybe the biggest we've seen him smile yet. He's going, are you familiar with Article 37? You know, it's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. you, little shit. You know. And the thing that Richard is frustrated about, right, that, like, he only seems concerned about these things as they apply to the rights of children, which I think is, this is, like, interesting, right? Because we know that Johan just, like, kills people. He extrajudicially executes adults who he deems to be, like, morally (laughs) bankrupt. He will kill people for no reason. For Life nothing. has no meaning. You know, oh, that's actually, you know what, that's a really good point. Because it's, because the only reason Johan would say any of this is to get to a goal. Like, and this is also, this reading is really cementing my one personality theory. Okay. Well, do you think he's only saying this to get to a goal, or do you think he believes, like, somehow the rights of children are more, like, inherently valuable than rights of, like, other people? He is the one who put up Yost to do the killing in the first place. Oh, yeah, just because he came out of Kinderheim? No, yeah, well, we so when we learn that Yost comes out of Kinderheim, we know that Yost was, uh, like, a friend, essentially, or on Johan's team. Right? Yeah. We know that Johan controls serial killers. Okay. Two and two yeah. makes four. Yos did... Yos was, at the very least, connected with Johan. No, there's no way in hell... I mean, I, like, I guess it's true that Yos didn't do those killings at Johan's uh, behest. Because, like we've seen other times. Yeah. yeah definitely, like, not, not maybe not directly connected... But, but um, we know he came out of the same machine that created Johan, and we know that Johan was, like, in charge of that machine, at, like, when that place burned down, right? Was, he played everyone against each other, made the, he started the mutiny, so. Okay, well, now you, now you do have me thinking, okay, well, I don't know, because, like, it's pretty, on the one hand, yes, you could make the argument that maybe, maybe, let's say that there's one thing Johan cares about, and it's the rights of children. He yeah. truly cares about that. At the same time, he's killing Richard, not because of that. He's killing Richard because Richard is determined Richard's to investigate Fallen's yeah. death. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't think it's possible, and maybe future evidence will, will have us recontextualize this, but at the moment, I don't think it makes sense to attribute this sequence to any kind of genuine emotion on Johan's part. Okay. Yeah. Um, but man, it fucking, it's so goddamn annoying. This bastard. It's really annoying. Yeah. Um, the uh, next note I had was when they leave, you know, Richard is always a couple steps behind Johan and we got a lot of the back of Johan's head. Everyone's yep. always following Johan. You come along too. Mm. You come along too. Ooh, Matt, good. So, yeah, I, I noticed that, too. But for me, it was more the sense of any time Urasawa can get away with not showing us his face, he does it like and, and just the fact that we see so much of of the back of his head is just this 
It's a really subtle way of communicating to the reader, you don't know him. Even when you see him, you're not seeing him. He's not there. Um, you get the sense that maybe when he's facing away from you, you can't even imagine what his face looks like mm. on the other side. Um, maybe that's a little bit fancy of me. No, Sorry but I like that. fancy on the pod. Yeah. Um, hey, you mentioned earlier You mentioned earlier that you weren't sure how you felt about the reveal that he might have been sober when he did the, the killing. Yeah. Okay, because I, I liked this. This was like a good, I was like, oh, shoot. Like I, 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 I didn't see it coming, but then it, it made sense. Um, it does. And then on a second reading, I, I mean, because there's, there's not really a confirmation, yes or no, that this, like, uh, Richard doesn't say like, yeah, you got me. He's just kind of like in shocked, horrified, kind of denial, right? Um, so it, it may be true. It may just be, you know, Johan manipulating. I don't know. Facts point to yes, kind of, that it is true, because, you know, Johan mentions, say. you know, no one remembered you being drunk, but everyone knows that you were drunk afterwards. Yeah, you know, the the face Richard makes kind of feels like a like on the confirmation-y side for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it had mixed feelings about it. My mixed okay. feelings are, it makes me sad. That's my mixed feeling. It's like, you know, because I've been over here like, ah, recovery, all this yeah. stuff. And it's like, ah, but it really sucks to base that on a, on a lie. On a lie, um, yeah. And that's what the, that's like the real trauma that he's trying to recover from. And honestly, because he wasn't honest about it, wasn't something that he was able to recover from. Right? Yeah, totally. He recovered well, from that's the, the interesting thing. But not... So he, he confessed to Reichwein. At the end of yeah. chapter 53, because he said, you know, like, I saw the existence of true evil. That's why I shot and killed him. He yeah. doesn't say, I was also drunk. He specifically says, I shot and killed him because I recognized the existence of evil. Which yeah. is, okay. I think, also strong, strong evidence that, um, you know, because it's kind of like, it's one of those things where, you know... <laughs> Uh, and maybe maybe y'all can't identify with this, but it's where you say something to your therapist and it's technically an admission of something, but you you don't include all the context, so it, like they don't really get it. So you get to you get to say the admission without dealing with the consequences. It feels like one of those. A little bit, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and we get this great shot. Or sorry, go on. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, we got a great shot, you know, Johan's like, can you really bear the weight of all that guilt? Uh, and then the next panel is a Dutch angle on on Richard uh, with this, like, awful miasma swirling in the background. And you can just see him slipping into into total fucking despair. It's good. Um, I, th- I think the other thing that I like about that reveal is, okay, the way that this character is introduced to us is this is the cop who got drunk and, and shot a kid. And all, now all of a sudden, the, you know, piece one in the pyramid of this character, we've yanked it out and the whole thing's tumbling down. It was like, wait, that wasn't true. That wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, which I, I that's, I, you know, like thematically, that's not really anything. But I think like that's a that's a neat move in terms of a story. It's like, hey, I'm going to tell you something about this. And then, actually, that was a lie. <laughs> it is. It is. It's um, it's a super cool... I like the, I like the, the Jenga um, mm-hmm. 
uh, image for it because that is uh, totally how it feels. Um, and then Johan hands him a bottle of whiskey, the son of a bitch. What a heavy burden to bear. That son of a bitch. It's awful. Poor guy. Ugh. <laughs> Hell of a chapter. Hell of a chapter. Really good. Hell of 57? A what is the title yeah. of 57? Uh, well, maybe one more thing. One more, one more? Which is yeah, just yeah, yeah. that you were talking, when, when Richard was introduced, you were like, here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that he joins the team and he does the investigating, and he did. Yeah, but it didn't work out for him. It was... No! No, it didn't. Well, you didn't know at the time he had a daughter, so... Yeah, if I... Honestly, if I had known that, I might have hedged my bets a little bit. Like, well, you know, (laughs) tragedies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Oh, how interesting is that also? Hang on, let's think about this. Mm. Like, a lot of the most tragic deaths that we've had are guys that are, like, about to reconnect with their children. Right? And yes. what did we just yeah, say? Like, I have a, I have a note big for that. Thing is, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, Once again, note? making plans with your child is a death sentence. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that Johan is killing these people, right? It's like Johan, who is so concerned about, you know, children and stuff like that, is just executing these people who either he sees unfit to be parents or, like, is depriving the children then of their parents or whatever. I don't know. It's There's something going on here about mm. kids. Hmm, that's pretty good. Oh, that is interesting. Man, Johan's a piece of shit. He's um, awful. Uh, uh, listeners, just so you know, murder's a bad thing to do, actually. Yeah, in case you were wondering where <laughs> we're we coming down. on this. Let, we're let coming be, down. Let it be clear. <laughs> we are... We are drawing a line in the sand. Where on boys this is side, a podcast. Yeah, murder's we on the anti-murder. other. Anti-murder. Anti-murder against murder. Firmly, we're not budging on this one, folks. God. Um. Okay, chapter fifty-seven. A decision. Reichwein and Gillen attend Richard's funeral. And Reichwein beats himself up a little bit. Then he goes jogging. um, And has a therapy session with a tiresome woman. He does a little investigating and, and thinks a bit. Looks at the whiskey bottle that was found smashed at the scene goes and talks to the bartender, shows him a, yeah, you're right, a picture of Johan. Okay, GG's, physical picture of Johan. He talks to the bartender, who does not remember Johan buying the bottle of whiskey, which is absurd to me. We'll get into that. Uh, And Reichwein realizes that Richard did not buy that bottle of whiskey because he doesn't drink that brand, uh, which is a very, very, like, 90s kind of That's a, a detective a thing. thing. Yeah, yeah that's it's a such mystery. a detective thing. That's, that's a not his detail. Yeah, it's not his brand. Um, somebody tries to push Reichwein in front of a train. He chases him down to a bar. He's like, hey, dude, why'd you try and push me off the, off the fucking platform? Then he gets beat up, and then he beats them the fuck up. Um, Shocker. Which is Shocking sick twist. as hell. 
yeah, uh, finds out that a guy on the subway paid this dude to try and push him. He goes to Richard's grave, uncorks a bottle of scotch. We see, yo, uh, nope, nope, that's the wrong one. Uh, I'm just gonna cut that. We see Tenma in the moonlight. He's got beautiful long hair. Woo! Tenma's here! I popped for this. Tenma's back! back. (laughs) It's good. It's a good reveal, too. Because it's like someone is walking out behind. Who is it? It's Tenma. Oh, we love him. He's here. baby. It's good. It's a windy night. The moon is out. There's Tenma. Oh, he looks so good with the long hair. We love him. We love Dr. Tenma. Everyone cheers when Dr. Tenma's on screen. When Dr. Tenma's not on screen, people should be asking, where is Dr. Tenma? When I say, wait, when I say that, you know what that's from, right? Oh, God. I've seen it before, but I don't. That's Poochie in The Simpsons. (laughs) Oh, do you not know? Okay, never mind. I'm Uh, not a big Simpsons guy. Oh, the Poochie episode's really good. Well, you said Poochie... And I got fucked up because I heard Enrico Pucci, the no, villain no, no, of no. part six of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, and then he said The Simpsons, and I'm like, what kind of crossover bullshit is happening now? Here, um, Quinn, I need you to Google an image of Pucci from The Simpsons. I know I what Pucci like, looks like. Yeah, it's important feel, that you see okay, Pucci. Okay, 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 Pucci Simpsons. I have said Simpsonas, but I think it'll be okay. The birth of Pucci. Okay, let's see. Oh, this guy! It's a dog with a backwards yeah. baseball cap and sunglasses. Man, like... The most designed by committee 90s character of all time. That's so fun. I love Poochie. Anyway. Um, uh, brief detour We all there. love Poochie. We stand Poochie in this we house. Stand Pucci, like, we stand Poochie. Okay, Urasawa boys. Urasawa boys. For Poochie. Against Murder. Murder. <laughs> 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 these truths we hold to be self-evident murder is uh, bad poochie is rad there oh that's a good shirt <laughs> i want that shirt there you go there's our first piece of fucking merch i'll figure this out I'll, I'll get oh this. i believe it i believe yeah. it <laughs> um anyway. i didn't even i didn't even have rad until halfway through the sentence and uh, the pop-off i had in my head when i realized what i what i had on my hands mm. You landed um, that plane on the Hudson. It was great. <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk about Monster for a minute? Yeah, maybe just for a little bit. We can, we can uh, get a little bit of Monster chat in here. Yeah, all right. Blah. The empty funeral no, was kidding. very, very, very sad. That oh, it's my God. so sparsely attended because, like, he alienated all of his coworkers for being a drunk. It's, like, it's so sad. And it fucking hurts because, like, we as the readers, we really like Richard. We he's know that he's turned his life around. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's empty. His his ex and his kid are are sobbing in the front fucking row. It's heartbreaking, man. Uh, yeah. And Reichwein's line, "What good was I to him?" Mm. Fuck, man. It's a lot. I love the the montage of him on the treadmill. Like, I think that's good, kind of. And part of it is just because, like, I am. I like to run. Running is, like, my favorite thing. When I'm in a bad mood, I go for a run, right? So I, I relate to this. Um, it's, and I like, it's funny seeing a little old doctor man in, like, sweats <laughs> jogging. I love Reichwein. I yeah. love hanging out with Reichwein. He's great. He's a great mm-hmm. character. 
Yeah, no, the montage is fun, you know, because like like what happens is he's he's like at the gym and as he's at the gym, we cut away to him doing his investigating and then we go back to the gym and it's more investigating. And I just think that's an awesome Again, it's it's a really good uh genre element um especially for the TV thriller, I would I would say. Yeah. Um you know about this more than me, Matt, so you can let me know if that's correct or not. Well, it might be, I think it moves a little bit too fast for, like, a procedural would be the thing, because, like, we'd spend most of the episode, but I think this is more like, this to me is more in a movie than I think a, a TV show okay. would be a cut yeah. like this, or in a comic book like this, like how we have done. <laughs> yeah, in- indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, so that's good. Oh, yeah, the bad bartender, Quinn's Bar Corner, not about drinks this time, but about about your responsibilities as a purveyor <laughs> of alcohol. You should probably know, like, like, it's just, it's one skill you pick up bartending, at the very least, is a general sense of faces. You get to be at least kind of good at recognizing a face that you've seen before. The fact that this motherfucker does not even recognize Johan when he sees the picture, and he's like, oh, it was busy that night. No, it wasn't, asshole. The bar was empty. You fucking prick. Why are you... Why are you being like this? Like, are you were you drunk? Or did you did Johan literally pay you off? I yeah, that was my thought. I was like, is this guy just shitty at his job, or is he is he is he now one of Johan's pawns? Yeah, but it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that Johan would even do. It's too yeah. simple to just pay a guy to not tell someone something, you know. So that just leaves that he's that bad at his job. But it's an unrealistic level of being bad at your job to not recognize oh yeah this guy bought an entire bottle of whiskey and fucking left you know like that's not a common thing i doubt even in germany in the 90s was that a common thing um so it just it it was just annoying it was it was like what it's a bad excuse and maybe urasawa didn't know that that's not something a bartender would say it's not a mistake that we physically can make um so it's urasawa's fault um but it just pissed me off Quinn's Bar Corner. Quinn's Bar Corner. Thanks. Um, I like the design of the two hoodlums that beat him up and that he has his fight with. I think they're Great they're word. greasy and horrible looking. Yeah, in a very '90s way as well. Oh yeah, those are yeah, those are punks that here. you would fight in Streets of Rage. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and it's fucking great when Reichwein comes from behind with the headbutt. Bam! Yeah. Ooh, it's chunky. You mess with me, I fought with the border control. Get at it. Yeah, Rayfine's fucking... He's cool. He's cool. It's awesome. And and also just, like, I like spending time with an older character. We've talked before about how Urasawa does a good job with uh, older characters and giving them the spotlight. It's a good example. Yeah. I, I like how we are just constantly... I, I like how there are so many characters in this story yeah. and all of them are unique enough, right? Where it's like, I, I like the variety of perspectives that we get to see. Um, and how just totally. kind of quickly we pass from perspective to perspective. You know, we had all those Richard chapters and now yeah. we're in these these uh, Reichwein chapters. It's it's good. I like it. Yeah, the that's scale. a big draw of Urasawa for me. That's a big part of like what makes him one of my favorite um, authors is mm-hmm. 
uh, how how much things get recontextualized and, and we switch perspectives. Um, yeah. And then the bottle, the bottle of scotch at the grave. No need to hold back now. Oh, man, that made me sad. Good stuff. Good, good chapter. Um, do you have any more notes on good 57? chapter. No, just, you know, we got to, we got to Tedmo, Tedmo, yeah! Yeah, you know, cheer for Tedmo. Like, yeah, like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> 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 our, our, yeah. guest, our guest today, Dr. Kenzo Tenma. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's time to put on makeup. It's time to light the lights. It's time to hunt down yo, hunt on the Muppet Show tonight. <laughs> Is Doctor in the Muppets adaptation? Which who is the actor, and then who is Muppets in the rest of it? <laughs> is Kenzo Tanma the human actor? Or Tenma's is it... gotta be. Tenma's gotta be the person. He's gotta be the one human guy. So then, which Muppet is Johan? Who is the most beautiful Muppet? Oh, is it Animal? Because he's like literally a monster. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, that's funny. That is funny. But no, I think Johan is uh, Scooter. Oh, that's good. Yeah, right? I like that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Me. I think that's fun. Oh, that's okay. That's a fun piece of bonus content. This is a fun fan yeah. cast. We're gonna fan cast monster the Muppets. With the Muppets. Monster. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because Ava obviously Miss Piggy, obviously. It's E, e fucking it's Z, easy. baby. Woo. <laughs> okay, let's. Gonzo is Gonzo is Lunga. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's keep this. Let's keep it. Okay. Move on. Move on. Uh, I'll stop. 58. I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Yeah. Okay, 58. Uh, Reich Days, is that the name of this one? Uh, it is. Okay. Chapter 58 Reichwein continues to half heartedly meet with the woman whose husband is cheating on her. She asks if Reichwein will have a session with her husband, and he agrees to do so late in the afternoon. Reichwein scolds his secretary for forgetting to lock the office at night and then calls Rudy who has placed a secret message in an ad in the paper to try to find Tenma. Reichwein remembers the story of Margot Langer and goes to try to find her, but is told by a sex worker that she has left recently with a big guy. The next day, the cheating husband shows up for his appointment, and it's Roberto. This is a trap. Roberto monologues about dreaming of killing people, and meeting a beautiful young man with blonde hair who acted on his life as if waking him from a dream. Reichwein gets up to make tea and then sprints for the door while throwing the hot water at Roberto. Reichwein gets away and is almost shot by Roberto until Tenma appears with a gun, firing back. Chapter 58. Good stuff. It's Roberto. It's Roberto. I went Roberto's in the last back. chapter. In the last chapter, when the hoodlums were like, "Yeah, this big guy hired us," I was like, "It's Roberto. He's mm. back." <laughs> it's Roberto, and I think that's fun because, like, the big guy. I also picked up that I'm like, "Oh, is the big guy Roberto?" But you don't expect Roberto to be the cheating husband. Uh huh. That threw oh me for a loop. God. I was like, "Did he murder the real husband? Was the husband ever real? Was the wife also fake?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we find out that their address was fake to begin with, so I think she was just hired. She was fake too. She was, she fake was hired too. to yeah. do to do fake therapy, um, and I guess we already know Roberto throws some good dick. So maybe that's everyone part is of always it. saying that about Roberto. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the sex worker say, yeah. mentions it. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, say this for Roberto: great taste in abandoned factories, awesome in bed. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, a real man's Roberto, man. Uh, my Roberto. Friend. My trusted friend, Roberto. <laughs> Woo! God. Uh, big lips, good for kissing. Good for smooching. Good, mwah, says Roberto. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, this is, um, this is kind of a, it's kind of a fun chapter, although I think it has a little less direction than the previous ones. Yeah, I only have, like, two notes, and they're not, like, substantial. I've got, I, I like the newspaper ad a lot, which is, um, Rudy says, uh, you know, I, I'd like to meet and reminisce about our cheating days, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, the reference to the test that they both cheated on. Um, and the thing that, this is more just like, this is like a, a CinemaSins complaint almost, right? But to me, it's like, you know, I guess when you're a man on the run, you probably just have to spend a lot of time reading newspaper want ads, um, to see if there's secret <laughs> messages for you. Yeah. Just in case. That's, <laughs> that is fun. They do say, they do specify if he sees it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does see it. He wait, sees it. Wait, does he see it? Yeah, no, in the next he... chapter, he confirms that he saw it. Because oh, he says the same thing yeah, to you're right, you're right. That, oh, it's an inside joke, right? As the, as the, that's he... funny. Mm-hmm. That is funny. One fun thing that happens is Reichwein reminds his uh, secretary or assistant, you forgot to lock the door again. Um, you know, and so that's like obviously like a little, a little boop. Here's something that it's a surprise tool that'll help us later. Um, uh, kind of, kind of thing. Uh, Chekhov's doorknob. Yeah. Well, and I like it. I, you know, I said scold in the summary, but like it is playful. It's like they have like a, you know, just like, uh, you know, we love Reichwein because he loves everyone. Him and his, his assistant, his secretary, they're, you know, they have a, a fun, friendly relationship is what it seems like. Yeah. Um, one thing that's fun, <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. It's a translation thing, I I expect, but uh, Reichwein's on the phone with Rudy, and he's like, there's one thing I want to investigate. That whore who was calling herself Margot Langer. Why you gotta, why you gotta come after her like that, man? It was, it was strong. It hit me too. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> why, why, what, what you got? What you got about this? She's that, that whore. Um, I won't, I won't lean on it too hard. It's just, it was just a strange moment. It's, it's yeah. really out of character for Reichwein to use that kind of language, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a minorly interesting visual thing here, which is that we actually have three layers of uh, panels in that moment. Um, so we have the panel we were just talking about. Beneath that is Reichwein's face, and beneath that is a flashback panel. Um, so we get three layers, uh, which is way more than uh, we normally get in this yeah. manga. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, uh, I really like the sex worker that he goes and talks to. I like her design. Yeah. I think she's, she's fun. She's got cool hair. She's wearing like a, a, a fun dress. She has a little snarly smile the whole time that she's talking, like she's chewing gum or something. Yeah, she's chewing like, gum. Yeah, she's going... We get the sound effects. I like her. She's fun. Yeah, I love it. I love where she goes on. <laughs> a big guy. Betty's big down there, too. You know? <laughs> yep. And they... Uh, with the gum. Ah, uh, she's fun. She is fun. Uh, and, again, it's just... It's always good to highlight um, Urasawa... Urasawa's women just all look different. We have that panel of the sex worker, and right below her, we have a, a panel of his assistant. Night and fucking day. Different women. 
different, very, very different women. And she looks so sweet, too. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun, man. Uh, and then we have, we do have a jack-in-the-box. There weren't a lot of them. I, I, I tried to look for them, but there weren't a lot going on this Not too many this, uh, this time. Reading. But we do have one here. We once again have an entire page of someone talking to Roberto without us seeing Roberto. And then next page, it's our friend, our trusted friend. Uh, it's the exact it so same move. Yeah. It's the exact same move. Because I, I got excited for it when it was happening. Yeah. I was like, here yeah. it comes. Here it's, it comes. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's really fun when, uh, when like, as the reader, you get hype for a bad guy showing up. Because, like, you know, the first time, it's a surprise. The second time, now we know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, if you're a... If you're, like, a slightly more than observant reader, you will recognize this move, like, kind of in the middle of it. You'll be like, wait a second. Wait a fucking minute. You know? And there he is. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, I The conversation that they have, unfortunately, I don't think is super interesting. Um, no. No, it could have been half the length. Yeah. Because it, go, it goes on for a while. Uh, yeah, no, the pacing of it. The pacing of this whole sequence is very strange. Like, you would... I, you get the sense that Urasawa is trying to build tension, but the tension is already built a couple pages in, and there's nowhere else for it to go. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, oh, he's going to make tea, and like we... I guess if you don't know what he's going to use the tea for, then that's interesting, maybe. Like, maybe that's well, a cool surprise. I like that Reichweid has realized he's in danger. Like, I, I, I like yes. that, you know, because then we've got tension instead of tragedy, right? Like, oh no, another another good man dead. Um, yeah. So. And Reichwein, again, is action hero. And he does yeah, he really is, which is not what you expect from, like, an older gentleman. But he's he's two, two in a row now. He was at the gym. He's in shape. Yeah. Reichwein's ready for it. Um... And then Tenma, big damn hero. Here Pretty fucking day. cool. I also want to I want to bookmark. I have a strong memory of another shootout on a staircase in Billy Bat. And so I want us to keep an eye out for, like, maybe Urasawa really likes staircase shootouts. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's anything, but it could be It could just yeah. be a funny thing. Just like, Let's keep a lookout. Oh, uh, man, I'm really hungry in the, in the vice first on the next page. I really want vice first. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to get some food after we finish. Oh, big time, big time, yeah. Uh, okay. Anything else, Matt? Not for 58. That's it for me. Cool. Chapter 59, Into the Light of Day. Reichwein and Tenma hole up at a bar where they can trust the bartender and have some food, have some spetzel. Mm-mm, spetzel. Um, and they get to know each other a bit. Reichwein is like, we're going to prove your innocence. Tenma... <laughs> Tenma looks away. Um, they go uh, to campus, basically, uh, to see Johan. Um, and Tenma says, it's time. And Reichwein says, yes, it's time to prove your innocence. Uh, which is hilarious. Um... Tenma looks away. Again, we get a lot of panels of Tenma looking away when people say things. He is looking into the middle distance, bro. Uh, And we see some more of Reichwein and Tenma talking. And then then later, Reichwein's like, like, hey, wait a minute. Tenma's gonna try to kill Johan! Um, And then he, uh, he talks on the phone with Rudy, 
and and Rudy's like, hey, do you feel like do you feel like Tenma's gonna try to kill Johan? Right? He's like, I do feel that way actually. Uh, and then he rushes out of the house, and there's Dieter. And Dieter says, Tenma's gonna try to kill Johan. <laughs> uh, can you pl- please, you know? And then he and then he starts crying. He says, stop him. Don't let Tenma become a killer. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Matt, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, it's just kind of this, like, sense I was getting. It's kind of a long shot. Do you get the sense that Tenma's going to try to kill Johan? You know, it might be. I Now that you're saying it out loud, I'm putting some of the pieces together. Yeah, like, the gun like, training, kind of the, uh-huh. The kind know. of, like, following him around Europe. Like, I wasn't super solid on it either but kind of now that i've said it now that it's been know? spelled out for us i mean yeah yeah, yeah. i almost feel like stupid for missing it <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was it's like it was right there the whole time yeah. like the, the, jesus the thing that i did works. think was interesting about this the thing i did uh-huh. think was interesting about this is the whole time i have kind of been rooting for tenma to kill johan and this is the first time that i've been like oh maybe we should be rooting for a non-violent solution to this Right, or I something. just kind of took it as a given. Like we're gonna have to kill Johan. It's gonna be either Nina yeah. or Tenma. So I, I, I well, this is. I mean, I guess like I'm. This is one of those points where I'm influenced by having read the whole thing, right? So remember, in ooh, episode three, maybe I said something about how there's two plots. There's the plot where Tenma's trying to kill Johan, and the plot where everyone else is trying to stop him. Yes. Um, and that is really maybe strongest, uh, in this in the next reading. Uh, in particular, and and this the end. Uh, this chapter is the inciting incident for that. We have all these other people trying to stop Tenma, and and Tenma's like, "I'm gonna do it." Yeah, and I was like, "No, no, no, Tenma, don't become a murderer. You're so sexy." Aha. <laughs> I did. The other thing that I liked about that was, you know, when and you mentioned like Rudy and and Regvine talk. And Rudy yeah. is like, Tenma has to stay in the house, right? And my first thought is like, oh, yeah, you know, because it's dangerous. Roberto's out there, stuff like that. And then they say, it's because Tenma's going to kill Johan. Tenma's not in danger. Tenma is the danger. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we said, Tenma does a lot of looking into the middle distance. Um, Man, honestly, there is just not, there is not a lot happening in this chapter. Um, I, I did. Th- there was one conversation that they have when they're in the bar where yeah. um, Regvine asked Tenma, like, why didn't you reach out to Rudy? Like, you know, this, that, the other. And Tema says, you know, I, I didn't want to involve him. You know, this is something I have to do on my own. Yeah, like, he's trying to cut himself. Like, he doesn't want Dieter involved with this. He is he is closing his connections off so he can do this horrible thing that he, that he thinks he has to do. Um, and Reichwein is like, you can't do that. Like, you need to stay connected to these people that care about you. Mm-hmm. Um, That's so true. It's, that it's is the true. themes of connection that yeah. I, I know we like to talk about. That is, that is the thematic connection, yeah. That's a, that's a, what a good point. I feel bad that I was about to skip over that. Yeah, because that is, like, kind of what we see here is, is Tenma trying to pull away and trying to isolate um, in order to kill and other people trying to stay connected with him, mm-hmm. stay close with him um, to, to keep him uh, from doing that uh, bad thing, which I remind you is bad. Um, Murder's bad. Murder's bad. Uh, yeah, there was that. Oh, I like Otto, the bartender here. I do right? too. Like, the big rough guy that they're friends with. He's so fucking beefy. Um, which isn't like a character model that we see a lot from Urasawa, but he draws him great. I love Otto. Yeah, I like Otto. He's a big dude. Big fucking guy, Otto. Uh, and I also, you know, like, 
Um, I, I like the moments where Urasawa places some emphasis on food, because uh, he does it a lot, you know. Um, he's like, oh, hey, here's a cake, here's the spetzel, um, uh, here's this local specialty, here's the vice first. Food is important, at yeah, least we a get little. Another scene it's an of... underpinning. Mm-hmm. And it's another people scene do a of, lot of stuff while eating out. Yeah, you're right. Of Dieter being hungry and eating, and people yeah, being like, that's true. "Man, that Dieter sure can eat." Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dieter character trait, hungry, hungry. Oh, boy. he's a growing boy. He needs food. He's, he's a growing boy, just like just like his adopted dad, burger and a milkshake. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just wish more. It, it just feels to me like this chapter was a lot of Reich fine talking to Tenma about how they're going to take Johan down and Tenma going, yep, sure. Yep. Definitely. I'm so not going to kill him. Yeah. We're definitely going to bring him to the light of day. It's going to be that, that That is a good like, sequence where they're at the building that where, because that one's good. Uh, so Reichwein mentions, Hey, Schuwald has been going back into his businesses. Like he didn't do that for a long time. And now like he's back in the office on a regular basis. Oh yeah, And, and all the businesses are, are weirdly doing so much better than they were. Yeah. You know, it's like, hmm. huh, I wonder. What I could wonder. be going on there? Yeah. Um, and so then we get the shot of Tema seeing Johan come out of the building, like kind of out of shadow in the building into the daylight. And he makes a remark like, I've never seen Johan in the light of day before. Yeah. And that is a cool um, thing to say. Mm-hmm. It's time. Yes. It's time to clear your name. God, that's so funny to me every time. Yeah. Uh any more notes for 59, or is it time for segments? It's time for segments. So for segment, Quinn, who is rocking this week? I propose that this week mm. we've got criminal psychologists are rocking in the combination of Reichweid and Rudy. I mean, like, Richard is also rocking, but Richard like... rocks off a building. So I think this week it's criminal psychologists are rocking. Uh, um, I think probably... I think it has to be Richard. Okay. We already because yeah, we already didn't we do criminal psychologists already? Was maybe. it Rudy? I, I, I think Rudy was, was the original criminal psychologists are rocking. Yeah, Rudy was the first. Yeah, and I don't. So think then it, you're right. Then it does have to be. Yeah. It's got to be Richard. Because I I was kind of feeling bad that we skipped over Richard last time and we don't have another chance. Um. So. So yeah. I think we can we can call it Richard this Disgraced time. Disgraced cops who are now private eyes are rocking. Yeah. Well, he was he was previously rocking when he was a cop because you rock when you lose your wife. So he okay. was What is it when you get your wife back? What's the opposite of rocking? Uh Sorry for party rocking. No, that's well, that's still rocking. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh I the, I I I can't believe I didn't say this last time, but the whole thing with uh, with uh Richard shooting a kid, it's the it's the Die Hard joke where uh, modern, not Modern what? Family, Full House. Yeah, I shot a kid. That's uh, that's the backstory. <laughs> I don't it's know this one. Reginald Bill Johnson from is it? He's TV dad in those commercials now. But it's the it's the actor who is the main character on uh, Family Matters, right? The show that Urkel's from. That dad is in Die Hard as a cop, right? Who is like not on active duty anymore because he shot a kid. But him and Bruce oh. Willis end up like they they are on the I radio see. with each other the whole movie. And he goes, "I shot a kid." It's the way he says <laughs> it is really funny. Okay, jeez. Um, 
Believe me, that plays. People, people, listeners, write in. Oh yeah! Oh, it plays, huh? Does it? It plays. Boy, I can't. Everyone loves Die Hard. Die Hard's everyone's favorite action movie. I sure hope our content tags are sufficient um, for child murder. Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll update it. Uh, <laughs> one for the death, list. Of, death of a fucking chillin'. Just hack that shit on. Um, I've updated the episode notes so many times. <laughs> there's, always, there's always another one. There's always more. Um, not Jesus. just not just the content warnings. Like I have changed the format of the episode notes a couple times <laughs> as I have realized that stuff. There's some that I've completely rewritten. It is. I am not good about just letting it be. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate the dedication. Uh, okay. Favorite Tenma moment. We don't have a lot to choose from, but it's got to be the reintroduction. It's got to right? be Tenma's like, return. Yeah. Like return of Tenma. There he is, the boy. Uh, do you ever dance with the Tenma in the pale moonlight? Mm. <laughs> there he is. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. There's my boy. Um. Okay, named character, side character. I mean, that's most of the moments in this reading, so the field is crowded. What you got? Yeah. I get Richard having his panic attack on the busy street. The first time we see the oh, image fuck, of... fuck, that's good. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Where we first get the image of him shooting the kid. The ghost. Mm-hmm. That is... That is good. I think for me... Wow, I can't believe I forgot to talk about this page. So it's good for me to bring it up so I can talk about this page, but there's a page where... Uh, Richard is is waiting for his ex-wife, right? He's waiting for her. He's looking at the picture of his kid. He's like, will Smiling. I get to see her? Will I get to see her? And, and it's just this whole page. There's no dialogue of him just fidgeting. And he looks so, so hopeful. And he's looking around. He's looking at his watch. He's looking this way. It's just, it's just his face. Um, and uh, as somebody who really hates waiting, I felt it. I felt it in my bones. You know, waiting for something completely life-changing. And you hope so hard it's going to go the way you want. But you don't know for sure. And all you can do is just goddamn sit there. So, that page really spoke to me. Good. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, Unnamed character moment? Unnamed character moment, side, like, side-side character moment. Hmm... It might be one. It might be auto. Um, two. It might be uh, the moment where the guy was smoking in the office, and and the lady was like, "You can't smoke in the office." That's a good the, one. Uh, four years ago, all our records caught on fire, and it's like, <laughs> "Come on!" It's so. It's really stretching. Like I can handle a lot of coincidence. That one really does stretch it a bit. I liked that one. Yeah, for me, it's the um, it's the sex worker that we mentioned. I think she's fun. I I like her. That whole conversation. Um, yeah, she is really fun. We, the checkerboard went into detail dress. Then. Yeah, her checkerboard yeah. dress. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, she seems she seems fun. She tries to she tries to proposition Reichwein. She's like, come on. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good time. Cool. Um. Hey, Quinn. Where can the people find you? Oh. Uh. Gosh, I, uh, I, I guess you can find me on Twitter at Two Hundred Proof Games. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a two zero zero proof games. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok. Let me open my TikTok. Let me open my TikTok. What? TikTok, TikTok. 
What TikTok can you fucking find me at? I need to post. I keep like looking at it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to post so hard. It is. It's authenticity.trip. Um, okay. That's it. They might be Giants reference, by the way. Ooh. If that matters to anybody out there. Um, Matt, how about you, big guy? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm at... Uh, well, I, I run the Twitter for Urasawa Voice, so that's at Urasawa Voice. Um, and then I am at blarple.net, um, is my, is my website. Um, I have some writing that I've been preparing that's gonna go up there soon. And then I'm on Discord, um, if we're mutuals, you know, uh, hit me up or hit me up through Quinn if you're mutuals with him. If you Tell just, us if you know. want us to make a Discord. If we have enough of a listenership for a Discord, wow, what I think that's neat. I worry Matt's about this court because then face. I have to do Matt like I have matter. to I will have to moderate as one of the co-hosts of this thing. Oh yeah, Urasawa boys fans famously fucking rowdy. I mean, famously um, rowdy, but just like any community, I get nervous about moderation. But we'll cross no, that bridge fair. when we it's, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Well, if it's there, because like you can run the Twitter, I don't want to run the Twitter, but I can moderate the Discord. Yeah, that, I'm that always works, on that Discord. Works. Um. Uh, speaking of support for the podcast, we have yeah, a Patreon. Yeah. It's uh, patreon.com slash Urasawa boys. We have, Believe it or not. I think two tiers. I don't know. Um, it's too They don't right. really it's get you right anything now. right now. But, no. Uh, well, don't say that. Because what if they listen in the future and it does get them something? Okay. Well, never mind. I'll cut that. Hang on. <laughs> cut, 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 cut. All right. Um, patreon.com slash Urasawa boys. We have three tiers that you can support at. Um, you know, anything that you can toss our way, we really, Wait, did you just really, throw really in an extra tier? Did you throw in a... a you said three. A Weren't there three? Future? I said two. God, that's so funny. I don't know There's how many tiers. tiers. There's Look, two tiers. I'll be honest with y'all. We don't know how many tiers we'll have when you're listening to this. There's two tiers right now, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, and there's going to be... There's going to be anime content. Yeah, we have stuff that we've recorded um, about just kind of more general, like me talking about stuff that I've been watching and reading. It's called Metaining Balance. Metaining Balance. Uh, we've got, uh, some stuff planned to talk about the anime in some capacity, and then probably so some other stuff will go up there the anime, soon. Yeah, 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 I'm way more excited than I thought I was going to be, but I've turned it into, like, an adaptation sort of watch. Like, I'm watching it, and I'm reading the manga at the same time, and I'm, like, taking notes on the differences okay. and stuff. So I'm honestly really excited to talk about the anime. Yeah, uh, so please, if you're anime fans, that's where you're gonna find it. It's on the Patreon. It's Give us Patreon. a little bit of money. Yeah, just please. a little bit. Thank please, you so much to our Patreons that we already you. have. Yes. Um, thank you to my dad. Thank you to Chris's um, dad. And, thank you to my dad. Bill uh, Fox? Phil Fox? Bill Fox, yeah. I don't know how to say um, Thanks, Bill Fox. I think it's just the two right now. Yeah, I really think it's just the two. Uh, the diehards. Um, yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, do you have anything else to say to the listeners? Um, next time we will be reading the back half of Perfect Edition Volume 4. Ah, uh, I forgot to, I forgot to introduce the chapters we read. It's hard to I remember, knew, I, I always forget. I was forget. forgetting something at the start of the episode. Oh, yeah. whatever. Um, it's chapters 60 through 68 next time. Gotcha. Cool. So. Yeah. Well, everybody, uh, from the bottom of, of my heart, um... Murder is bad. Poochie is rad. Thanks for listening. And honestly, thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a friend.